Welcome to the Civ 6 Challenge League podcast, your one-stop shop for Civilization 6 news, strategy discussions, and updates on what's going on in our community, which I invite you to join at r slash Civ 6 Challenge League. Whether you're a challenger or a spectator, we've got you covered. Remember that this community and this podcast belongs to you. It wouldn't exist without you. You want to talk about something? You want to be a guest on the next episode? You go ahead and find me, VectorCat, on Reddit, Discord, or Twitter, and let's make that happen. So that's the intro, that's the lowdown, that's the skinny, that's the deets. Enough chirping. Let's get this episode started already. Hope you enjoy it. Intro music, engage! Hello, everybody, again. We are back for part two, Ethiopian Boogaloo, of what was intended to be a one-episode pass, and yet here we are. See, we just had far too much fun yesterday, Pendon. That's the problem. We just had far too much fun, and uh, we got to be serious today, man. We got <laughs> uh, to tighten it up. <laughs> How are you this morning? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm... Uh, yeah, I'm having a good morning and uh, a good day. It was a little bit of a uh, a wild night in Atlanta last night, but uh, other than that, things are okay. Oh, we had a uh, we had some energetic protests last evening. I will uh, I'll say that, but uh, but yeah, things are good. So, uh, how was uh, how were your games yesterday? You said you were gonna uh, try something out and and take some notes, or do you want to cover that later when we get into it? Yeah, yeah, I tried a little bit of everything i probably you know went into about the middle of games i go in in the medieval era renaissance era so i had um like six or seven different games try to try different things different secret societies different um and some of the new personas that were out so kind of tried everything i wouldn't say i got very deep into anything nice yeah i uh i tried a game this morning uh as Scythia with the Sanguine Pact, and I'll uh, I'll tease it just a little bit, but I got nowhere. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to I got further with uh, Void Singers and Owls of Minerva. So I think I'm going to let you cover the uh, vampires because I'm confident you know uh, much more about them than me. But before we get into that, uh, we've got this uh, Persona Pack for Teddy and Catherine that is available to everybody that got the season pass. Um, I got to admit, man, I don't know about you, but I think this is an interesting addition to the game in some way, but it doesn't really excite me at all. The changes to me just seem, I don't know, it's fluffy in a way that I just don't need. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't think they do anything overly you know new um but i i think um you can kind of lean in a little bit differently than maybe you used to um gives you a couple new choices might get me to finally play america i haven't played it much um so you know and then i've tried many times with france um so this might be another time to to try it out i did i gave it a you know i gave both of them the, the college try this morning yeah, I got you. You know, that's interesting because I'm less excited to play America now than I was before. 
Um, so let's so let's dive into America for a second. For, first of all, the the Rough Rider version of Teddy, um, the new Teddy, is now the only one that gets the Rough Rider unique unit. Right. Which flavor wise makes sense because they're calling him the Rough Rider unit. But but you know I'm thinking that 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 unit is good but not that great and i i think they could have still given it to the older version uh what they're now calling bull moose teddy like even with this new civ ability which is amazing they could have easily kept the rough rider and still be be perfectly balanced you know yeah totally agree it's not that great you know from, i think it's one of those ones that you can't build into um i could be wrong about that you're right about that. It's not a replacement unit, and that's why it's fundamentally weaker than some others. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, at best, I'm going to get a couple of these to go along with my existing military, you know, because I'm already going to have something by the time I get to whenever that gets unlocked. You know, it's pretty, pretty late. Rifling. Yeah. Mid, mid game. Yeah. Mid to late game. It's just, I don't know. I would. You know, leave leave uh leave the Rough Rider unit with the Bull Moose Teddy, as counterintuitive as it sounds. And if Rough Rider Teddy is supposed to be the more militaristic of the two versions, give him a tank. Do the, yeah. you know? I don't think there is a unique tank in Civ Six. No, there isn't. Yeah, they they need one. You know, and I think that Germany I, would have it because they're yeah. Yeah, they're not that great. They for for their unique unit, they're obviously the Hansa's incredible. Well, and I I have this theory about civilization balancing, and I think that unique units come into it. And I've I've noticed that civilizations and leaders that have demonstrably powerful bonuses, you know, and abilities, tend to end up with a weaker unique unit. Yeah, makes sense. And the the U boat is situationally good. But you know, if they if they had a Panzer or a Tiger, oh, that'd be that'd be so delightful. That'd be so much fun. Oh, especially if you could build into it, and with Germany's you know already massive industrial uh, boost, it would that would be fun. But you'd be rolling yeah. over everybody. And the extra military policy slot, I mean, it would just be amazing. It would yeah. be it'd be so much fun. So all of that being said, I gotta say the. The perk that Bull Moose Teddy gets, okay, breathtaking tiles, right? That's an appeal of plus three that are adjacent to a natural wonder or mountain. You get two science on that tile for free, okay? Breathtaking tiles adjacent to a wonder or woods get plus two culture, right? And both of these things stack. Yeah, and I've seen incredibly, you know, ridiculous yields that you can get early on. This is the one I didn't even try because I thought there's nothing, there's nothing I can't understand about this. It, it's very obvious that this is going to lead to, you know, what they call yield porn. You're just going to have <laughs> massive amount, and you know, situational. You're going to have breathtaking. But you can mm -hmm. manipulate that. Mm -hmm. You know, you could build the Eiffel Tower. You can get the the one dude, um, um, the one governor. He can build like a little park, um, and you know, you can not build your mines. You can build, you can plant some forests and not cut down all your forests. Cut down the um, jungles. All of that allows you to kind of sculpt 
your breathtakingness. <laughs> and if yeah. you're careful, you're going to get some amazing yields at a at a bull moose, and looks really cool, but also not very challenging. I mean, yeah, a little you, bit. You really are. I think what I like here is there's this uh, there's this play style that you can employ with coupe with the Maori, right? And previously, the Maori were really the only sieve that were really incentivized to keep their woods, you know, alive and yeah. unimproved. And I think now, you know, with Bull Moose Teddy, you can employ that play style, but with a different civilization. And I think this is another uh, built into this is a passive buff for the governor that you mentioned just now and for Reina that yeah, drops two gold on unimproved tiles. Yeah, which I never get her. So I wonder if they're trying to incentivize, um, you know, not chopping. Because <laughs> that's what you do. It's, there's so much value in um, taking what you have early game, you know, your woods and your, your jungles, and converting that into infrastructure that you can use for the rest of the game versus you know waiting until you have um a national park i mean that's way down the line and according to economics the value of money today you know all things being equal is better than the value of money tomorrow well i agree but you know i've said it before like with the with the conservation policy card you can think of production as savings account you can make a withdrawal early on, and then you can make a deposit later and plant those trees back. But you yeah. are going to wait a few eras before you do that. But what you said about the devs trying to de-incentivize chopping, that makes sense to me. Because over, the, over time, we've seen, first of all, they removed the goddess of the harvest pantheon, right? Because it was broken. And if I remember correctly, they also nerfed Magnus's chop ability. Yeah, they made it 50%. Point. Yeah. And, and was and Goddess so, of the Harvest the one where you could chop things and get um, faith? Correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That you was got, awesome. You got faith equal to the value of whatever you chopped, which was then buffed by Magnus if you were chopping in his city. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. insane. It did. It did lead to some fun games because um, you could get the um, I forget what it's called, but we the Grandmaster's Chapel. You could get Grandmaster's Chapel mm -hmm. and just mm -hmm. buy an army. It was it was very fun. I still do yeah. that. I mean, you, you can do that in certain circumstances, and um, it, it just roll over people with so much, so much military. Yeah, I am a big fan of the Theocracy Grandmaster's Chapel play for domination games. And I I find myself rolling a religion into almost all of my win conditions. And I've even gotten to the point where, you know, I'll I'll go religion even if I'm playing a scientific game. Especially now that we have the beautiful, beautiful gift that is work ethic. Yeah. I cannot I cannot express my love for it. Oh yeah, uh, I still want to play with that some more. It's it's almost yeah. hard to take anything else. Yeah, it really is. Um the uh you know, another contender for me is uh Warrior Monks, especially now that it's been combined with uh burial grounds. I mean it's just it's stupid. Not only do you get access to Warrior Monks, but your holy sites are culture bombs. 
and that's that's really something. But uh, I really only want to take something else if someone has beaten me to work ethic. Yeah. Well, yeah. we can always do the warrior monk challenge, right? Where you you're only allowed to fight with warrior monks. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can you can only defend with everything else. You know your your initial warrior, and then you got to go. You know the the path of the uh, take the pebble from my hand, or <laughs> that that would be an interesting game. Yeah, that really would. So no no catapults, no archers, nothing. Only warrior monks. Mm, that's tough. Yeah, you gotta, well, at least you get. I don't know if they work with um, battering rams and and uh, the other one. <laughs> they do, yeah, because they're they're melee units. They work with siege towers and battering rams. Yeah. Well, then yeah, you should be all right, and you yeah. know maybe might want to get crusade. Definitely. Yeah, so. and w- the wars of religion policy card. Yeah, you could have. You could have plus fourteen warrior monks. That's not bad. You're gonna, you're gonna have to win that game quickly though, because uh, it's gonna be difficult to punch out a tank. Yeah, eventually you're gonna, <laughs> you're not gonna. <laughs> well, maybe you could have some vampires to help you out. Maybe, maybe indeed. So let's look at Catherine for a second before we get to vampires. You're 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 champing at the bit. And I love it. Uh, this, this upgrade, uh, for Catherine, uh, seems more like a sidestep to me. Uh, and I, I, I think that, you know, it's so map dependent. I think that this is either going to be very powerful in one game you're playing and then potentially not powerful at all in another game. I feel like the other versions of France that already exist, uh, they're, they're more appealing to me. Although this court festival project is interesting. I didn't get far enough to get the court festival, um, but mm-hmm. it's dependent, as I understand it, it is dependent on getting the luxuries, um, you know, getting excess uh, luxuries um, or excess amenities. Maybe I'm not, I'm not really sure, but, but then if you get that, then, you know, it, it, goes up in value as you go. Yeah. I I think it's based on having multiple copies of each luxury resource. Okay. All right. So, um, the, the other thing that you can do, um, which is you can build the theater square or the chateaus, uh, next to luxuries that worked out pretty well for me. I didn't have a ton of luxuries, but once I realized, um, I didn't have to be that careful about placement. So I would kind of look look at what I had, and I'd say, okay, well, I got to build my. Um, I think you build your chateau by river, right? Yeah, and it has to, has to be by a river. Yeah. So you kind of look at it and say, okay, do I have a river nearby the luxury? If not, then I'll I'll use a theater square, and in worst case scenario, I'll just build another city, you know, off to the west or whatever, so that I can you know get that one. So I, you can pretty much guarantee that you can get that plus two. Um, you know, wherever you need it. And theater squares, you can never really build them anywhere good anyway. So, you know, I'd rather I'd rather just kind of forget about all that, go for the culture that you're gonna get from um, you know, from the luxuries. And and it was it was very, very workable. I thought it, you know, I thought it it, it worked well. It wasn't too hard to place. And I had even kind of screwed up because I had done the like 
set my game up with the advanced option of you know more luxuries and a, an excessively good start. Um, but um, that part was you know, and then I didn't get far enough to actually try out her mm-hmm. her uh, culture uh, thing. So I wonder which do you think is more powerful: these abilities or the twenty percent production bonus that. Uh, the Flying Squadron Catherine gets for medieval and industrial wonders? Um, well, if you're playing on Deity, it, it, that is not as great as it sounds. I mean, it, it might actually get you a wonder or two that you wouldn't be able to get otherwise. Um, but, you know, there's so few wonders to be had at Deity. Um, I don't know. I, I Maybe. Maybe it's the difference. You know, if you if you could lean into that, you know, getting those wonders that you really, really need. And if you're going for a culture game, there's a bunch of them. Um, so. Yeah, I think it's a, a good benefit to have, but uh, I want those ancient and classical wonders. You know, I think that's why China is so strong is because those early wonders are objectively some of the best in the game. Yeah. yeah. Those, are re- those are really game-defining wonders. You know, oracle, pyramids, those can really uh, change the way your game is going to go the whole way. And then once you get into the mid-game, Renaissance and Industrial, at that point, I I don't really, you know, unless you're going for a diplomatic victory, right, or um, certain science wonders, uh, the, the, what is it, the Scott Anderson Research Station becomes very late. Like, these, these wonders are almost like exclamation points on a victory condition that's already been decided they're not going to decide the game for you you know so i think that kind of nerfs her ability a bit you know yeah i agree i agree there there aren't there just aren't enough um there there are definitely wonders that you want but there are also wonders that you don't care if you get you know whereas if you're going for pyramids you want to get it um and probably will too for some reason they don't build it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I've ever been beaten out of getting pyramids. Yeah. Now it's infuriating when you get beaten out of Petra, and that will happen. Yep. You know, but it is. It is still possible. So, all right. So, speaking of uh, culture sieves, and I know on the surface they seem like more religious based, but I, I got to tell you, moving on to Ethiopia. I the the one test game I've played with Ethiopia, I think they are one of the best culture sieves in the game. Yeah, they are amazing. Have you played with them yet? Yep, that was the first one I loaded up. Um, and uh, Ethiopia was, um, you know, it, 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 the music was cool. <laughs> I really like that. Yeah, the uh, music's really good. Yeah. And and uh, you know graphically it all looked good. I was I was into it. I mean I've I've been to Ethiopia um, a couple times. Um, oh wow! So it was a, <laughs> a little walk down memory lane. Yeah. Have you uh, seen one of their uh, rock hewn churches? Are there no. any that have been preserved? I never made it out. I never made it out of uh, Addis Ababa. Um, oh, gotcha. But I did. I did get in a. Uh, I remember I got in this argument with a cab driver. I didn't mean to. I wasn't trying to be insulting to his culture. <laughs> And and um, <laughs> somehow I said something about the Italians and World War II, right? Because like I know nothing about Ethiopian history, 
And the big thing, Ethiopian history, you know, a lot, you know, they're very, very proud of the fact that they were not colonialized. They were not, you know, they were, they were never really, you know, occupied. But, you know, Italy was there, as I understand it. I hope I don't get anybody mad by saying all this. Um, but, you know, the guy was just so angry at me because I mentioned the, the Italians. And he's like, oh, we were, you know, and he's just yelling at me. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of I was kind of wishing they had leaned more into that with Ethiopia because there's um I was looking at what their agenda is and their agenda is they hate other civs who build on hills you know and it's like oh it seems like you missed an opportunity to figure out some way to make it about colonialism you know and yeah uh, at least from my point of view that's where you know the anger came to me from <laughs> That's interesting yeah that almost seems like a a reskin of the Inca not wanting other people to settle next to mountains. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah it's probably think, easier for them to detect, you know, they have to have an agenda that they can actually program into it. Sure. Sure. So. But I mean, could they not have an algorithm for detecting, you know, uh, how many cities a, uh, opponent occupies that were founded by another player? Yeah. You there know, you go. like that would be, you know, dislike civilizations that occupy foreign cities. Yep, that'd be perfect. Or if you do a war of colonialism, I mean that that is a thing, right? Isn't yeah, it is. Yeah, um, yeah. You could add an even larger penalty for someone that declares either a colonial war or a war of territorial expansion. Yeah, and that would be interesting because those are technically uh, casus belli, which are intended to decrease diplomatic penalties, and so you could have a dynamic mechanic in the game where it decreases grievances you get from every civ opponent in the game except for ethiopia there you go yep yeah but um but mechanically i mean this is definitely a cool civ Um, yeah it really is so let's let's do a quick rundown here you get when you start a trade route you get half a faith point for every resource in the city that sends the trade route. When you improve resources, you get a faith, uh, one faith for each copy of the resource the city earns. And then you can take all this faith, all of that and the faith that you're generating from your churches, and you can purchase archaeological museums and archaeologists outright. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to get that terracotta army, you know. Because that's the one that lets you go into other people's lands and dig up with your archaeologists. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Or just be really careful with your open borders, you know? Yeah. And, and you know? You can also, you can buy stuff off of people, too. You can buy their, um, you know, their uh, relics and stuff. Yeah, yeah, which is, you know, sometimes really easy to do. And I, I like doing it because you're... Uh, you know, you're, when you do that, right, you're increasing your tourism output while you're decreasing their output and, and decreasing their culture defense as well. Yeah. You know, it's a, <laughs> it's a really good, um, it's a really good one-to-one swing. Um, you know, and then speaking of culture, right, and science, if you settle your cities on hills, 15% of all your faith generated turns into culture and science for free. Yeah. Yeah, you know this is just you know why would you settle anywhere else? Yeah, and and you're getting all all this now. What do you think about building art museums? You're you're still probably going to need them, right? Because 
Don't you get art points, artist points anyway? You're, you're going to end up with some artists, I think. Absolutely. You like you're going to... You're going to end up with some. So, and, and this is, uh, I had a hard time with this in my, um, uh, in my test game because my MO typically is to build archaeological museums in cities that have high production and build art museums in cities that have low production. Because I think of archaeologists as active tourism generation, whereas art museums uh, are passive tourism generation. Uh -huh. So when you've got an archaeological museum, I want to have the production available to crank out archaeologists, right? Well, don't need that anymore. Don't need that anymore. So I end up building archaeological museums in my low production cities, right? But you still want to have art museums because you're going to be generating these points. You want to be able to have your themed museums and or you can just focus on generating archaeologists and just buying art off of the AI. That might be the way to do it. Yeah. And then, and then you don't need quite so many. If you're careful, you can buy a themed art museum kind of outright and not have to, you know, have three different museums and you're putting, you know, one thing in one place, one thing in another, trying to play that mini game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We would be remiss if we didn't talk about the cavalry unit a little bit, and I'm in love with this thing. So first of all, it replaces the courser, which is already a strong unit. You can upgrade into it and out of it, right? Yep. It, only, it costs uh, half resources, like uh, most unique units, and no movement penalty in hills, and it's a cavalry unit. Yeah. Yep, so it's already better than the Rough Riders right there. I mean, right, you know, they, right, they don't yeah. go side by side, but it, just the idea that you can you can build your um, you, know, you can you can build your army and then upgrade into it, and, and they're already going to have some experience. They're already going to be you know something that you've invested in. That's how I like to do it, especially for the experience. Right, you don't want to you don't want to invest in all this experience and then start fresh with you know something new. So. Yeah, I learned to do that, I think, in Civ Five because then your unique abilities from unique units would translate to the unit they upgrade into. And I got to admit, I really miss that. But it's still worth, you know, upgrading into your unique units in Civ because, again, you're carrying that experience over. Yeah. One thing that I really love about units like the Aromo Cavalry and any other light cavalry is that in the late game, they become helicopters, which do not influence your CO2 output. And so you don't have the, uh, the carbon emission penalty, you don't have a diplomatic penalty for it, and you've got really strong three or four tier promoted fast movers, you know? Um, I just really, I, I love any unique light cavalry unit. I think they're, they're really, really valuable. <laughs> Ironically, I think the helicopter does have a movement penalty on hills. <laughs> I could How be wrong funny. about that. How funny. Yeah. Oh, I got to look that up. That is so ironic. That, that should transfer, right? <laughs> that is so funny. Helicopters oh, don't wow. behave exactly the way a helicopter does, but I get, you know, that they, they didn't make it into a, a different class of movement. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, you know, it's that... Um, 
you know, it's technically an airborne unit, but, you know, we have, we historically think of them as air cavalry, you know? Yeah. But, uh, it, it is interesting. So I, uh, so, so I played a game as Ethiopia over the past couple days, went with, uh, void singers and I built, uh, two campuses and by turn 130, I was generating 242 science. Wow. With two campuses. And I ended up winning tourism victory on turn 185. Oh, man. That's awesome. I've, I don't think I've ever had a sub 200 win. So I'm, I'm, I'm jealous. L- well, let me tell you part of it was me. Part of it was Void Singers. Yeah. It, it really was. I mean, and, and also just the time you save not building archaeological museums. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, not, and not building the archaeologists, too. Yeah, I mean, and a, just purchasing of, them. It's a lot yeah. of, uh, of uh, investment. And most people yeah. don't bother with archaeologists, you know, otherwise. The only time I do, honestly, I, I, I usually build a couple, and it's to, it's to free up certain tiles that you know i want to do something with i want to put something there so i'll go dig up the artifact in the ground that's blocking it yeah see i i prefer them because again it's it's active tourism generation you know in terms of active tourism you have rock bands spreading a religion and archaeologists right those are your only three mechanisms for promoting your tourism primarily Right. In terms of passive, you've got your national parks, art museums, wonders and tile improvements. Right. Yeah. Um, But I think that it's a lot it's a lot more fun when you're when you're playing the game while you're waiting for a tourism victory to end to have this mini game you can play and go out and hunt for these artifacts. (laughs) You know, it belongs in a museum. museum. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, Ethiopia is just nuts okay so this is turn 185 this is the end of the game 395 science uh 1200 culture 711 faith and 636 gold per turn wow yeah it's just it's just crazy and this is uh and this is on deity against aztec australia india maori and uh oh who else is in this game and china and america hmm. did you find that um when you tried to place your rock hewn church did it compete a little bit with your campuses and your holy sites i really just gave up on building campuses you know but it did compete with building my holy sites right now i went work ethic so I prioritized where the campuses, I mean, where the holy sites went. Yeah. And I treated the rock-hewn churches as bonus faith. Okay. You know, that's like, a, that's a little bit extra. Um, and I didn't want to build too many of them early on because I didn't want to sacrifice too much production. But in my opinion, once you get into the mid-game and assuming you're going for a cultural victory the ability to purchase half of your cultural infrastructure in the mid game really offsets what you lose by not building mines. Yeah. And especially if you go theocracy and you're buying your units with faith anyway, 
you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's really, yeah, I would just, you know, I would place my holy site first and I was playing on a continents and islands map. So a lot of my campuses were going on the coast next to reefs. Ah, okay. Um, And again, I only built two. So like my two campus, I had one campus next to mountains um, in my Petra city. And then my other campus was forming a triangle with a harbor and a reef. Wow. And, so you, and you got all that science from, from the free science and faith output and from the secret society? Yeah. And from, and from getting suzerain status of Babylon and Taruga. Okay. Yeah. That helped, that helped a lot. Um, you know, and I, and I had Pangala maxed out and he was in, um, my city with mausoleum. Um, I, I never did move him to, to a city with a campus just because by the end of the game, let's see, he's in a, he's in a city with like 14 pop. Um, and I had, and I had him maxed out, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like part of it is, yes, I want a game on deity and I think I played it well and I leaned into what Ethiopia does. I think I played this game well, but the other part of it is really just how amazing, uh, these secret societies can be, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. We're going to get there. They're a little OP. Yeah. Yeah. In a good way. You turn it on, you know? Yeah. They're OP in a good way because, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you you turn it on and the, the whole game balances up. Right. And it, 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 it's, it, it balances up across every civilization in the game you're playing. So you don't really feel like you're cheesing anything, you know? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I so, did, I did look up helicopter and all terrain costs are, uh, one movement. So I was wrong. No, no, uh, <laughs> no, no movement penalty on the hills. It happens, man. So do you want to touch on, uh, your time with Ethiopia? Yeah, um, I didn't play a full game. Um, so what I did was I got one of those starts on an on a continent map. Um, it was me and the Aztecs, and um, and I had a, a a very large mountain range um, that kind of like cut right down the middle of the of the um, the continent. So what I did was I kind of stayed to the west side of the mountain range and got a little bigger. And didn't want to really mess with the Aztecs while they were strong in the early game, and and then I got stronger. But then they started to run away with, um, for whatever reason, they they were really getting a lot of science. Um, so I, I tried to up my game a little bit, and that's where I was having trouble with um, getting my science up. You know, where am I going to put my rocky and churches? And um, um, but eventually I got to a point where I could take them on and that's kind of where I ended. Um, lots of faith generation. I don't remember exactly where I was at. Um, you know, and probably just got to the medieval era. Um, but I was, I was feeling pretty confident about fighting, um, the Aztecs for the, for the control of the entire continent really. And he had some of the best spots that I wanted on the other side of the mountains. Um, cause I want to set down my rock churches there. Didn't get my Aromo cavalry, but I was starting to build horsemen so I could get ready for that. Um, and that's, that's, you know, so I didn't get a full game in. I can't, mm-hmm. can't say mm-hmm. I, uh, I fully experienced Ethiopia yet. 
So you felt that struggle between placing districts and the churches, and uh, maybe maybe that's what inspired you to ask me about it. As you, yep, you felt exactly. that, that push and pull in your game. Yep, yep. And I was getting ready. Another thing I was trying to do was get Terracotta Army ready. So I was, you know, stressing about when I was going to have, um, uh, what is it called, my encampment. Um, yeah. You know. So. But uh, I did have Void Singers going, so you know they're. It's the best that that old. Uh, well, well, we'll hit it in the next segment. Yeah. We'll hit that later. But yeah. well, yeah, when I got that second promotion, adding that to the culture and science that I was already getting, it was it was insane. Like you, you, you almost don't even need. <laughs> my my science jumped way up. Um, yeah. It's and it yeah it's noticeable as soon as that happens it it really does hit you in the face. I really encourage you to to at least uh, continue that game until you get those cavalry because I was taking cities with them, which I don't typically do with light cavalry units until the late game. But oh, I yeah. figured you know since this is a this is a case study game. This is a play test. You know, I'm going to max out trying to figure out what this unit is good and bad for and just go for it. And uh, I was lucky enough that Coupe settled a lot of cities around some hills. And uh, so I went in with frigates and aromos and uh, just about took all of Coupe's empire. I mean, it's a great unit, man. I think you're going to really enjoy it. And, and, you know, you get the plus four combat strength for all your units mm-hmm. on the hills. Um, so I was, I was doing a lot of damage with just plain old archers. Um, that was another, I think I ended up attacking some city-state and just rolled right through them. It was all on deity, yeah. so, I mean, that was pretty good considering they had their walls up and everything. And right. I, took, I took down their walls with archers. Yeah, I mean, that plus four makes a difference. And if I remember correctly... That's offense and defense. That's just a flat combat bonus. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So. That, that is amazing. It really is. The, the plus four on paper, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it, it does a great deal to offset the combat bonus that the AI gets on deity difficulty. Now, does the Aromo get the plus four on top of... They have, what do they have? Plus ten, plus 10 on hills? or uh, They have... Oh, what is it? They have no movement penalty in hills. Okay. So they would yeah. just get plus four. Um, I don't know. Maybe you could find the Matterhorn and get plus three. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, if you want to go crusade, again, you know, one of the best beliefs, you oh, know, yeah. it gets it gets scary quickly. It really does. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, you know, my verdict is... Absolutely awesome, Civ. They may be my new favorite in the game, uh, but objectively, they're just obviously uh, S-tier culture and religion Civ. What kind of chicanery do you think you could get up to with Faith, you know, using these guys? I mean, how how insane could you abuse <laughs> Faith in, in, in what ways? <laughs> I... I think that you can do any kind of chicanery you want. You know, I think that w- one interesting thing to do, um, you know, if you can afford to do it, is go Earth Goddess and get plus two faith on appealing tiles. Yeah, you're gonna, you, you want to be near mountains anyway. Right. Yep. Um, I think that you could, uh, 
I think that one really abusive thing to try would be a domination game where you're just purchasing every great general and every great admiral, you know, Ooh. and then you then you go theocracy um, or you go. Um, one thing that I really want to try is combining the Owls of Minerva with monarchy in the mid game. So you've got those three military slots and then you've got an extra economic and an extra wild card. Yeah. And I feel like that could be, I mean, you could, you could have a truly, a truly ex, exploitative faith economy to yeah. supplement a, um, an absurd mid game cavalry push or the ugliest warrior monk build you've ever seen in your life. Mm -hmm. Like I really right. do. I, I really do think to, uh, to uh to borrow a phrase from you uh you could timmy the hell out of this thing you really could <laughs> you could do something really really cool nice. <laughs> love it yeah so all right so i think that's uh i don't know you got anything else to add on ethiopia i think we've uh i don't know i think we've pretty much uh endorse these guys as much as any two people can yeah yep i i'm, I'm endorsing and I, I look forward to a challenge um with ethiopia like yeah it's could, coming uh, we could it's, uh, put some bonuses in there that you could earn through faith somehow you know just making it crazy you know get a thousand faith per turn or something like that <laughs> Well, see, it's funny you mentioned that uh, <laughs> because I've been, uh, uh, I've been, our next challenge is uh, Sun Never Sets and Ethiopia is going to be the challenge after that. And uh, I've already been considering a, um, uh, one of the achievements has got to be, uh, I think, where all of your, um, all of your yields are above like 500. Yeah. That's a so good like one. your your science, culture, faith, you know, gold, and um, because sometimes like my min, my my challenges are kind of like min maxi, where it's like I wanna I wanna encourage you to do this kind of domination, or I wanna encourage you to do this kind of culture, yeah. you know, I wanna well, have a couple a couple challenges where it's more freewheeling and the player can do whatever they want, you know. Well, it takes you out of your comfort zone, you know, and then there's things you have to do where you have to like really plan it out, like getting the um. What was the one where you had to like um um pillage like uh, oh, four different yeah. things at the same uh -huh. time? It was impossible. Yep. And yeah, and then I realized to, I didn't realize to... until you gave the hint um in the podcast you gave somebody you know, you're like, well, if you think about it, use the right unit, you can do pillage twice. I'm like, uh -huh. oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> well that that's why I picked uh Norway and uh, the Mapuche, you know, because I wanted to, I really wanted to have a challenge where if a player hadn't tried it, they got to know the raid economy really, really well. And those are, in my opinion, the best two sieves to give it a shot. I learned, <laughs> but I, I, I'll admit I wasn't doing it right. So I was using a faith buying economy for Norway mm -hmm. and I was buying um, I don't remember. I was, I think I was buying heavy cavalry or whatever it was at the time, knights or something. And I just bought like 12 of them <laughs> and it took me a while because I had to like, and I, and I stopped, um, doing my religious game, which was ultimately what I had to win on so that I could buy all this, you know, and I didn't need to fight Rome. I didn't get anything out of it. It was just, you know, it was really just trying to get in there and, and get that, um, 
that condition. And then, and then I was kicking myself. I'm like, Oh my God, I used the wrong unit. <laughs> it happens, man. Yeah. I was kind of thinking, you know, you get a, uh, you get the great lighthouse or you get a great admiral and, uh, you, you can do it with four long ships and you need, you, you have enough movement, um, or, or, uh, caravels even, um, you can have enough movement to where you can pillage the harbor and the lighthouse on the same turn. Wow. You know, and then, so yeah, it was, uh, God, what was it? It was pillage four districts, four buildings, four map tiles, and then use all that to purchase four units on the same turn. Yep. 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 That was uh, a good one. I, I really enjoyed that one. I, I think those are the most fun. Um, when there's a high reward and it's more like a puzzle. You know, and and granted, my solution was not as good as it could have been, but I was, I was still kind of happy when I finally pulled it off. I was, you know, I was kind of yeah, planning sure. it. I'm like, okay, I got this district. Oh, I better, I better get rid of the um, university, and then all that'll be left is a library. And then, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, it was tricky, but you know, it's all about, uh, you know, positioning. You know, getting everything lined up and you know and timed right. And, uh, that's, uh, uh, something that I like to focus on is, is unit positioning and how to, uh, to time these, uh, these little or large power spikes. Um, and it enables you to really focus on things like, I may not need campuses. I may not need, uh, economic hubs because I'm going to go make my science. I'm going to go yeah. make my economy. I'm going to go steal it from the enemy. And that's going to make their cities weaker anyway, because the more you pillage, the more you weaken the city. And this effect is made even better by uh, Latauro, who weakens uh, loyalty, you know, because Malon Raiders are scary, man. That that is a scary unit. I love those things. Yeah, that's another one I probably didn't use well enough. <laughs> it happens, I have to go back man. to those challenges. I I feel like I want to go back to every challenge. I, I and I and I might do it, you know, if there's any downtime. Yeah, um, which really there hasn't been lately. And you know, doing doing two a month, I like. I think that's a good way to keep interest. You don't have to do every one, you know. Obviously, right. you can you know take right. a, a you know a half month off or whatever and. Um, but then that way you have, you know, for me, what I do is I'll, I'll look at it during the week. Um, but I don't usually play during the week. I usually save all my play for the weekends. Um, but I'll think about it. I'll, you know, maybe I'll research something or I'll, you know, put some notes down and, you know, this is kind of where I roughly want to go. Or, uh, and then when it comes to, you know, Saturday morning, I'll typically start a game when I wake up and. And and that's when I try to like execute a big game and you know a big grand strategy and see how far I can get. Yeah. Well, the uh, the initial challenge posts are never taken down, so you know just click the uh, click the monthly challenge flare there. You can sort through and find the one you're looking for and queue it up whenever you want. Agree, and I I would encourage other people you know go back and play some of the old ones and and see if you can do it you know um, you know differently, same way, better, whatever. You, know, yeah. you could read somebody's 167 game win and like see see if you can just do it. I always feel like can I can I follow the recipe? <laughs> yeah, 
That's that's one reason I like these these breakdown posts because you may be you may be inspired, and especially when when we put up the Emger albums, you can look at it and go, oh, this district goes there, this goes, you know, and you can watch the steps of solving that puzzle, and you can, you know, it's like a cookbook. You know, you're learning a new recipe, and then you take it to your own kitchen. Yeah, very cool. Yes, indeed. All right, so that is Ethiopia. And that is the new Persona pack. That's it. I think, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and pat ourselves on the back. I'm actually impressed that we stayed on topic for at least 40 minutes. And we didn't, <laughs> we didn't uh, divert until after 40 minutes. So I yeah. guess the only thing to do now is to move on to the diplomatic quarter and the envoy changes and then the secret societies. Oh boy, a lot to go. I know, I swear this is going to end up being three episodes. I swear. <laughs> I mean, really, this is this is 50 minutes and I'm probably going to leave this in right here, but like this is not this is not a segment break. This is just the outro and then the next one's just a whole other episode. <laughs> well, you know. I mean, I think diplomatic quarter is is another big change. I got a lot to talk about. <laughs> I know, I know you do. Like I remember in our in our brief before we started yesterday, like I know you got a lot to say. I think, uh, yeah, this is going to be, my goodness, we're going to have DVD extras and like behind the scenes before we're done getting through all this, man. This is ridiculous. All right. Regardless, I am shutting up. I'm shutting you up. We're stopping. We're going to play some music. And then at some point in the near future, maybe we might actually talk about the rest of this update. All right. Sounds good. This is, oh, this is just not going well or it's going too well. I don't know. All right. And music.